Welcome to Life After Blindness, a blog and podcast that is dedicated to the exploration of an enabled life of blindness. And now, here's your host, Tim Schwartz. Thank you, Alyssa, and thanks to all of you for joining me for the Life After Blindness podcast. If you have any questions or comments about the show, please send your emails to tim at lifeafterblindness.com. This week, I'll be speaking with a gentleman by the name of Kartik. He is one of the developers behind the app for iOS and Android, Envision AI. He will tell us not only what Envision AI can do for us, but how he plans to integrate it with Google Glass. We'll also hear a new Because of My Blindness story from Maxwell Ivy, aka The Blind Blogger. That and so much more is coming up on this week's episode of Life After Blindness. That's right. The Life After Blindness podcast is back and I'm so excited and so happy to have you join me once again for the Life After Blindness podcast. Now, in addition to the couple of things I just mentioned, I will be getting to the recent news within the blindness community here in just a moment. But I just want to let you know here in this brand new year, as you've noticed, I have a brand new introduction with brand new music. So let me know what you think about that. My daughter did such a good job, didn't she? I I think she did. Uh, And uh, like I said, we have new music and I plan on offering so much more as this year continues. I've already got so many interviews lined up, different people within the blindness community to talk to, so many apps that I'm going to review, other services, games, you name it. We're going to be talking about it. We're going to deep dive into all kinds of things this year. I've also been talking with Maria Johnson from Girl Gone Blind because we are going to continue the Blind Point of View Roundtable podcast that we did an episode of at the end of last year with Derek Daniel from Life Never Sight Loss. Now, unfortunately, Derek may not be able to join us each and every time. We'll try to get him on as we can, but Maria has agreed to co-host with me going forward, and so we will be sitting down with some people soon to record more episodes of the Blind Point of View Roundtable, and you'll be able to find those episodes right here within the Life After Blindness feed or just by going to lifeafterblindness.com. So if you haven't done so already, make sure to subscribe in whatever podcast player you're using so that you don't miss a single upcoming episode of Life After Blindness. And while you're there, if you're using Apple Podcasts or the Android Podcast app, if you could, please leave a rating and review for the show. I would greatly appreciate that as well. All right. Well, without further ado, let's take a look at what is going on in the news. First up, our friends Costa and Ashley, who are the developers behind the popular app FlickType Keyboard, have recently announced that they are changing the pay structure for FlickType. So previously, the app had a monthly subscription fee to it. It was 99 cents per month, although you could use some basic features of the app for free. So you would open up the app itself and could use the FlickType service within the app, but then you would have to copy and paste that text that you would type into another app. And if you paid 99 cents a month, then you could have access to FlickType globally throughout your smartphone and use it anywhere. Well, they've decided to stop with the 99 cents per month subscription and have gone to a one-time purchase cost. So now you can purchase FlickType itself for $1.99 US. And in addition to that, you get access to the FlickType keyboard that they added to the Apple Watch. Now, 
Speaking of Apple Watch, they've added a new app to the App Store, which is called FlickType Notes. That is for Apple Watch and is also $1.99. And what that does is opens up a basic notes program, just like any other notes app that you're familiar with, with FlickType built in. And then, of course, you can share those notes to any other app or service uh, on your Apple Watch. So you can go both ways. If you want to have FlickType universally available and integrated into all the apps within your iPhone and the ability to use it uh, basically to uh, send messages and things on your Apple Watch, you can spend $1.99 for that. In addition to that, if you're just wanting something that's Apple Watch specific, you can spend $1.99 and have that Notes app that you can then share things on the Apple Watch. So two really good options here, both at a really good price, I think. For $1.99, it doesn't get any better than this. And actually, I will be speaking with Costa and Ashley from FlickType in the coming days to talk with them about this decision to change the subscription model, as well as talk to them about the future of FlickType. So if you have any questions that you would like me to direct to Costa and Ashley from FlickType Keyboard, please let me know. Send an email to tim at lifeafterblindness.com and I will be sure to ask those questions in this upcoming interview. Valentine's Day is coming up on February 14th. And so if you are looking for a special gift for that special sweetheart in your life that incorporates Braille, look no further than National Braille Press. They have you covered once again. National Braille Press right now has various items available like jewelry, magnets, books, and of course, Valentine's Day greeting cards. The neat thing about the Valentine's Day cards is that there, of course, is Braille on the front, but then they have a Braille decoder on the back. So if you do give the Valentine's Day card to someone who's not familiar with Braille, they can go ahead and try to decode it with the information on the back. So well done to National Braille Press once again, covering us for Valentine's Day. Envision America has been very busy the last couple of months. They've been working on furthering their product line that allows for more accessible prescription bottle labels. So previously, you could get a large print label or even a Braille label attached to your prescription bottle or even use a hardware device provided by Envision America to scan the barcode that would be placed on the bottle by your pharmacy. Envision America had previously released an app for Android called Script Talk that allowed you you to scan barcode labels placed on your prescription bottles. And now they have brought the ScriptTalk app to the iPhone. So when you download ScriptTalk, you open it up and you can then scan a barcode placed on your prescription bottle. And it will give you information like what the name of the prescription is, how often you need to take it, any other instructions that may go along with it, any warnings, the doctor's name, doctor information, pharmacy information, all of that is available when you scan the barcode using the ScriptTalk app. If your local pharmacy is not partnered with Envision America, and you can find that out actually in the app or by calling Envision America, if it's not available, you can work with the pharmacy or even Envision America directly, and they will try really hard on getting your pharmacy signed up and partnered so that you can get them into this program and have either Braille, large print, or scannable barcode labels put right on your prescription bottle. If you want more information and would like to find out if Script Talk is something that would work for you, or you would just like to find out about getting your pharmacy to participate, you can contact Envision America at 1 800 890 1180. That's 1 800 890 1180. 
and the good folks there should be able to help you out. Recently, United States Senators Amy Klobuchar from Minnesota and Senator Bob Casey from Pennsylvania have introduced the Accessible Voting Act. In the 2016 general election, over 16 million people that voted were disabled. That accounts for approximately 11.5% of the overall vote. The Government Accounting Office found that 17% of polling places were actually inaccessible to these people. So, from registering to vote, to mailing an absentee ballot, to visiting your local polling place, the Accessible Voting Act would ensure state and local efforts to improve voter accessibility. Of course, the United States Senate has been a bit busy and distracted as of late, so we're going to put a pin in this one for now, and I will keep an eye on it to see how it further develops through the Senate, and when more news is available, I will bring it to you. And finally, a story about a bill that was just recently signed into law in the state of New Jersey. Many states have state flags, state bugs, state birds, state songs, all kinds of different things that represent what that state is all about in their history. Well, the state of New Jersey recently passed a bill unanimously in their state legislature and then signed on January 21st by Governor Phil Murphy that made their state dog the Seeing Eye Dog. This is, of course, to commemorate the Seeing Eye, which is located in Morristown, New Jersey. Over the years, Seeing Eye has been able to connect over 17,000 guide dogs with their blind owners. As I said at the beginning of the show, I'm trying so many new things and different things this year. One of those is something that I've thought about on and off for quite a long time, and I didn't really ever want to do this but I found a service that really puts it into the hands of the audience and makes it very simple, very easy, and very accessible. So I recently found out about a service called Glow.fm. What they offer is a way for podcasters to request from their audience donations. Now, I know what you're saying, really advertisements, but that's not what this is. This is basically you going to a link that I'll provide to you here in a moment, and you can choose to donate whatever you like. There are some set parameters. So if you want to choose one of the predetermined amounts to pay either a monthly amount or a yearly amount, or just a one-time amount that you would want to pay, you have the freedom to choose all of that. You can customize it to be whatever you'd like it to be. Again, it is very accessible on desktop computers as well as on smartphones. If you do use a smartphone, you can actually use Apple Pay or Google Pay in order to make a donation. And so simply just go to lifeafterblindness.com slash donate. Again, that's lifeafterblindness.com slash donate. Anything that you're able to contribute at all is greatly appreciated. Now, regular listeners should be familiar with my next segment called Because of My Blindness. This is where I ask you, the listeners, to talk with me about something that has happened in your life since becoming blind, or if you were blind since birth, something that's happened in your life at some point that may not have otherwise happened if you hadn't been blind. I like to put a positive spin on this because, of course, as we know, being blind is not always fun. It's not always easy, never easy, quite honestly, but there are good things that can and do happen in our lives. And if we weren't blind, maybe those experiences would have never happened. And so I like to have you guys share with me these experience in this segment called Because of My Blindness. 
This week, I'm talking with a gentleman by the name of Maxwell Ivy. You might know him as the Blind Blogger. I have recorded an interview with him that I'll be sharing with you in an upcoming episode of Life After Blindness. But this is the section of the interview where we talk about Max and his Because of My Blindness story. You know me, I'm a storyteller. I have more stories than I need. Um, <laughs> answering this question with just one is going to be hard, but I'm going to, I'm going to start with a little one. And um, in 2016, I won one of the uh, prestigious Amtrak Writers in Residence Award, and I went off to New York City by myself for two weeks. Uh, while there, because of my blindness, and also because I'm a, I'm a very friendly, positive person, I, I like to get my way with a with a handshake or a hug and a smile as opposed to throwing a fit that's just the way i am uh during the course of two weeks while i was in new york i had a cab driver try to give me his umbrella i had another one refuse to charge me i had another fellow pick up my breakfast tab and this is all happening in manhattan new york city usa uh two brits from the uk who had accents so thick even i had trouble understanding them um, when I got stuck at Rockefeller Center and couldn't get out because you can take a cab there, but you can't take a cab away from Rockefeller Center. Two guys from England, they walk up and throw money down to a, to a pedal cab driver. And he takes me to go, to go to my, uh, my schedule to go, to go check out Wicked on Broadway that night. So those are the oh, kind wow. of things that have happened, uh, you know, just in the space of a couple of weeks. Uh, I do think that, you know, going back to this confidence thing when it comes to pitching other people, I think that my blindness is definitely an advantage there because I just don't get embarrassed as easily, I think. I mean, um, when I was in New York, the, I, was, I was shepherded by two skate guards at Rockefeller Center's ice skating rink because it was crowded and they didn't want me hurting myself, hurting one of the other patrons or one of the other patrons hurting me, or so they said. Um, one of those had to be true. But the thing is, is I fell down two or three times. The last time after I got up, I told one of the skate guards, I said, man, you should have taken my picture. He said, what do you mean? I said, you, nobody wants to see a picture of somebody laying on the ice. I said, I said, yeah, my followers will because they know that the next picture will be me back up again. You know, so one of the things that happened to me because of, because of being blind that, um, one, I didn't know was happening, and two, after I found out it was happening, I just left it because I thought it was really cool. When I created my first website, uh, I had this section, this process of deciding on what what colors to use. Now I've already almost totally blind at that point, so I'm picking the colors based on the names of the colors rather than the numbers that are assigned to colors because I feel like I got about as good a chance picking the right color by name as I do picking the right color by number. So I picked yellow for the background because back in the day the, the prizes always looked better on yellow than they did on white. I picked blue for the text, red for the links, and orange for previously clicked links. I would later find out that the yellow was an ice creaming yellow, the blue was navy, the red was brick, and the orange was a fluorescent orange like something you'd see on the side of a dive bar. Oh my gosh. Um, this, this website was so bright that people have said over the years that Ray Charles and Stevie Wonder could have had an argument over it. I mean, it was... <laughs> Add to that the fact that since I couldn't really edit my images, um, I basically would put the images up that people sent me, but I put them in the order that my brother said they looked their best. So sometimes I'd have two or three or four different size images on the same page together. So not being able to see the monstrosity for myself and not being able to fix it or make it better at the time, I decided to do what I did. And 
I started promoting the website. I started asking people if they wanted to list their equipment with me. I started selling equipment using the website. And I think the fact that I really didn't have to go look at my website whenever I updated it was probably what helped me be able to do that. Because I think if I could have seen it for myself, I'd have been, Max, you need to be ashamed. <laughs> you need to take this puppy down until you can fix it. You know, I, so, I mean, I, but I do, I do kind of believe that uh, our blindness can be a big advantage to us because I think it really helps with that uh, perfectionism and even to a lesser extent with, with comparisons. Because I find that I'm a whole lot less embarrassed by stuff, either in person or online, than most people I know are. And of course, that could be, you know, spending years basically just trying to get to next week any way possible. Or it could really be that over the years, I've just become desensitized to embarrassment. Because I, you know, I often tell people, life ain't the Olympics, so stop trying to win them style points. Ain't nobody gonna give them to you anyway. I would just like to say thank you once again to Maxwell IV, the blind blogger, for joining me for this upcoming interview and sharing with me so many different things about his life and things that he's working on. He has been a blogger, a podcaster now, as well as an entrepreneur and has such a great story to tell. So make sure that you are subscribed so that you can hear that story when I share it with you in an upcoming episode. Now, if you would like to share your Because of My Blindness story, there are a couple of different ways that you can do that. Of course, you can email me, send that to tim at lifeafterblindness.com. You can either type out your story and send it to me in email, or if you would like, you can use an audio recorder app on your smartphone or even on your home computer and attach that to an email and send that to me. Again, that's tim at lifeafterblindness.com. You can also share something with me on social media. You can find me on Twitter and Facebook at Labcast. That's L-A-B-C-A-S-T. And also new for this year in 2020, I now have a phone number. So you can actually call and leave a voicemail. You can call 201-855-LAB1. That's 201-855-5221. Next up, I want to share an interview with you that I recently did with a gentleman by the name of Kartik. He is one of the founders and developers for the smartphone app Envision AI. And I wanted to sit down with him because recently Envision AI announced that they are taking their smartphone app and integrating it with Google Glass, but it doesn't stop there. No, no, no. Uh, Kartik will be talking with us about all kinds of things about what Envision AI can do and what the future is going to look like with smart glasses. So here is my interview with Kartik from Envision AI. Kartik, welcome to the show. Yeah. Hi. Thanks for having me, Tim. I really appreciate it. Boy, you have been very, very busy here lately going to CES and and having all these new announcements and in addition to just, you know, updating your app. Uh, So things must be very, very busy at Envision right now. Oh yeah, it is. I mean, it's uh, it's always been all hands uh, on deck situation, uh, but uh, off lately, it's it's been uh, getting super intense because, like you said, we have a whole bunch of stuff going on in the app side. There's been a ton of updates on Android. Uh, we've been really putting our efforts into iOS. That's been going, you know, really well and really intense. And on the other hand, we've been having the glasses, and there's just a whole universe around that that's that's building up and uh, so much excitement. So yeah, I mean. It's uh, it's some of the best days at Envision, you know, to be honest. 
Oh, I'm sure. Absolutely. It's got to be a good feeling that after a couple of years of, of really hard work and, and really trying to get this up off the ground that you know, so many people are coming to it and using it and liking it. And, uh, you know, the, the like you said, the new announcements with updates and glasses, this, this is a good time, uh, you know, for, for your particular app and, and for what you guys are doing there. And, and so that said, then let, let's take a step back because there may be some people out there who aren't completely familiar with Envision AI or, or what you guys have been doing there. So if you could, you know, let's take a step back and, and just tell me a little bit about how this all began. Why and how did we uh, get into Envision AI and, and uh, you know, what was the whole catalyst behind all that? Sure. So um, Envision started off um, in 2017. You know, we launched the beta in October of 2017. Uh, that's when Envision officially started as an app. But before that, uh, there was about eight to... 10 months of work that went into Envision uh, because Envision started off as a master's thesis uh, of my friend and co-founder, uh, who's also called Kartik. Uh, so he was doing his, uh, his, uh, you know, his studies in industrial design uh, in the Netherlands. Uh, and uh, we'd both been invited to give a talk back in India uh, to a group of visually impaired kids on, uh, you know, what, uh, in, you know, what would they like to be when they grow up, right? Um, and a lot of these kids basically came up to us and gave us instances where independence was the primary thing uh, that they're looking for, you know, in, in life. Uh, so they said things like, I'd like to be able to, you know, uh, go out with my friends independently or read a book independently. And that sort of triggered the engineer in me and the designer in my friend uh, to start uh, thinking about how we could actually build tools that enable independence. And uh, that's how Envision started off. And in October, in, in October of 2017, uh, we launched the beta of the iOS app. And uh, we launched the app publicly in February of 2018. And we've been growing since. So Envision is basically an app that helps uh, people with a visual impairment to live more independently. Uh, we do this by helping them read text or recognize faces, recognize their personal belongings, uh, you know, common objects and so much more. Right. That's what that's what Envision does in a nutshell. And so let's break that nut open a little bit, because I know for people who might have used the app way back when, uh, you know, back in February of 2018 or in the months after that, the app then was was still really good and had a lot of great features but it's come quite a long way with a lot of different things that it can do and uh all the updates that you've had talk about that progression well let's crack that nut and, and tell me about what was it in the beginning and kind of where is it now and uh you know what what can it do for us sure so i think in the beginning when we actually launched in february of 2018 uh we could only do like three kinds of tasks you know like we could just you know, read text and reading text was just like hitting a button and then just having all that text uh, spoken out to you. And uh, then it would just go ahead and describe a scene. And yeah, that's probably what the app did. Uh, but today the app can do like over 12 different kinds of, you know, recognition tasks. So uh, it can recognize any kind of text. So you could basically have it uh, recognize text in your surroundings. You could have it uh, recognize, or you can scan documents with it. You could go ahead and import massive PDFs. Like people have imported uh, PDFs or books of like 2,000, 3,000 pages and uh, use Envision to read those books, which otherwise are completely impossible to read, uh, you know, or recognize text or yep. things in images. And not just text, you can, uh, you know, have it recognize 
uh, barcodes, you could have it recognize color, you can have it recognize faces of your friends and family, you could have it recognize your personal belongings, like your, you know, your keys, your wallet, your laptop, and your phone, and so on. Uh, and like I said, it's just grown to over 12 kinds of things or 12 tasks that you can do with Envision uh, from the two or three that we launched uh, back in February of 2018. And that's been the growth. Uh, and along the way, we, are, we have also launched our Android app, which is sort of growing like crazy at this point. Uh, uh, in, on, on the Android app, as of today, you could do over like nine recognition tasks. Uh, you could, again, you know, re import PDFs, read all kinds of text, uh, scan, you know, big books, uh, you know, at a time. So it's, it's really grown a lot since the time we launched in 2018, just in the sheer number of features and sheer number of things the app can do now. Yeah, I absolutely remember those early days of the app and just those couple things that you were limited to being able to do, but playing around with it then knowing this is something, you know, they've got something going on here. And then fast forward, of course, to now where, as you said, so many different things you can do. And for listeners who, who might have been you know, following along there and listing off everything with you, there were a couple things in there that I would say set you guys apart. Because, of course, people are going to say, well, we have apps that do similar things uh, to this already. There are other services or apps that we can use. But with, with Envision AI, you guys have some things that, that I think set you apart because, of course, there might be an app that does one of those things or a couple of those things, but you guys have so many different things that you do all within one app. It does really set it apart, doesn't it? Of course, yeah. Like, you know, there are uh, so many aspects of Envision that really sets, apart, uh, sets it apart from a similar app. So, for example, we are available in more than... 30 different languages. The app itself is translated in more than 30 different languages, and it's capable of reading more than 60 different languages. That's pretty much any language that you can think of. And which yeah, is able to do absolutely, it. yeah. Right? Uh, and the accuracy is off the charts. So people use Envision to read everything from, you know, uh, stuff that's written on, on, on digital thermometers, right? You have digital thermometers. People read uh, what their washing machine says with Envision to, you know, reading big books uh, and, you know, preparing even for exams with Envision. So they've been able to do all of that. And that sort of sets Envision apart. The ability to read all kinds of text super accurately is, is probably what it, what sets it apart. And of course, there are like lots of, you know, things like, for example, we have an option called scan and find which allows you to scan for common objects in your surroundings and be able to uh, know where they are. So you, it basically beeps when, you, when it finds an object of interest uh, for you and you'd be able to go ahead and locate where that is and so on. So it can do a lot of these tasks, you know, apart from, you know, it, it sets it apart from its competitors that way. Yeah, it definitely does set it apart in those ways. And those are some of my favorite things about using Envision AI because, you know, I, there may be an other, another app that I can do, for instance, reading text, you know, immediately, you know, as it puts something in the camera, but I don't have the ability necessarily to do that and all the other things that are offered here in one app, plus the accuracy of, you know, some apps that might do that and, you know, the update cycle, you know, the things that they're they're doing as far as trying to get it to be as accurate, you know, you may not have that comparison in, in some of those other apps. With your app, I found that the accuracy is really good. It's very speedy, almost 
too fast sometimes. Uh, you yeah. guys have a, a batch scanning mode, of course, for documents. So, you know, you can, uh, you know, hold the phone or, or you know, your, your phone's camera over the document and scan multiple documents. And I like that. I like the ability to say, you know what, I want to get either one full page or scan several pages and have it get that, have it get it quickly, you know, lines it up for you. And all of a sudden you've got several pages scanned, uh, you know, that plus being able to just have it randomly read text, which, uh, you know, I, I know you guys know this with the development of the app for someone who's blind or visually impaired, the simple task of holding up a camera and hoping to see if there's any text around you, no matter what that is, whether it's on a box, on a wall, you know, whatever it might be, to have it be able to detect that text in real time and quickly deliver that information to you, that is is beyond beneficial. That That's something that can really make or break what task you're doing. That's true. You know, and, and in fact, the instant text feature, the, the feature that you just described is called instant text. That feature is actually the most used feature within the app. And to give you a, 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 you know, like a simple example of how impactful that feature is, just last year, uh, you know, users of the Envision app read more than 25 million pieces of text with the instant text feature. So oh wow that kind of that kind of blows us apart and blow, blows our mind and uh, another thing that really sets us apart from the competition like you mentioned is the fact that we are really committed to building a really good app so that's why you see Envision put out at least you know 3 to 4 updates each month right so i mean if you look at all the other apps that uh, are in this you know particular category you see them come out and they make a little bit of noise and then eventually the developers just stop developing or building the app right they move on to something else or the update cycles are are probably like once in 6 months or once in 8 months uh, but we're an app that we're constantly improving the features we're constantly uh, improving the accuracy and that's why you see updates like you know about 3 to 4 updates each month and Another thing that really sets us apart is the fact that we take a lot of feedback from the community. We take a lot of feedback uh, from our users. We take a lot of feedback from people who have used the app but don't like it. We have people who, who really like the app. All of us giving us feedback. And it's really possible today for a user of Envision to have a chat with us directly from within the app. We have, uh, we have a feature called request a call where a user can just request a call back from us if they're facing an issue or want to drop us feedback. And we try to get back to them over call as soon as possible. And everybody at Envision talks to at least, uh, you know, at least 10 people each day. That's basically the thing, regardless of whether they're an engineer or whether they uh, work in marketing or whatever, right? Or even if they're the founders, uh, we all talk to about, you know, at least to about 30 or 40 visually impaired people uh, or users of the Envision app uh, every single day. And that really keeps us completely clued into what the community wants and what the problems are with the app and where we should improve. And yeah, it's been phenomenal. I really like that. And I hope that that's something that you will be able to maintain over time as, of course, your user Definitely. base hopefully continues to grow uh, because that sense of community and being able to get instant feedback or, or some sort of feedback uh, you know, from your community that's using your services and being able to talk with them and, and take that feedback and do something with it and understand where it is they're coming from. You know, it might be there might be a suggestion from a user that maybe your team hadn't thought of or. This is exactly. a, a small tweak that can help this way or the other. So, yeah, I, I really like that kind of a community feel uh, with, you know, with the app developers, you know, and, and, uh, and
and your community of people using the app. And you did mention, you know, talking about things that separate you guys. And I think that's definitely a major thing that would separate you guys. But if I had to guess, I don't know, maybe about the second or third thing uh, most popular as far as being used. But I would bet that one of the very top things is something that you were talking about with uh, identifying objects with object recognition and common uh, objects in your in your uh, you know vicinity. You also have the ability to teach the app, and we've had apps that do this before. That you know you can have it you know understand what something is and try to teach it, but they really just were hit and miss. You know the the, the apps that people have used, they've been okay, but you guys have really made that uh, you know kind of a next level thing here. Where as you were saying, if you hold up the app and uh, you know the camera and you know navigate a room, it may tell you you know there's a chair, a computer, or a light, or a lamp, or uh, even a person, especially if you have taught the app to know who that person is and and that to me again is something extraordinarily useful especially when i go somewhere that maybe i've never been before i'm I'm in a home that i don't know the layout so i don't know how to navigate or you know i'm out in public and i know that what i'm looking for is nearby but i'm just not quite sure but i I do know what some of the landmarks are to be able to have that type of identification as well is so useful yeah i know that's definitely the thing and you know uh we believe the future of uh, of the app lies in personalization. You know, the more uh, personalized the experience becomes, the more useful it becomes for the user. Uh, and that's why we're putting a lot of effort into making sure that the face recognition that we have within the app gets better, it gets faster. Uh, we're working on a lot of really, really cool features, uh, like for example, being able to teach Envision objects, you know, from your surroundings. So you could teach Envision your keys or your wallet, and it would be able to identify uh, them, you know, in, in, in your surroundings and so on. So we're working on these really uh, cool personalization uh, tasks as well. And uh, we hope to really uh, put that out in the coming months. And apart from that, we have a couple of really, really cool stuff uh, in our, under our sleeves. A little early to talk about that, uh, but definitely something to stay tuned for. Yeah. Well, that's great. We'll have things to uh, revisit then down the line as, as you guys continue to develop things. Oh, for sure. You're talking about personalization there. You have taken the big step forward when it comes to integrating Envision AI into smart glasses. Can you tell me about that? Oh, yeah. that's that's I, uh, I think that's the next big leap uh, for us as a company, you know, uh, to be able to take what we have as an app and then put them onto smart glasses. But you know what's you know what's the really uh, interesting? So this is a bit of trivia that we have never shared with people before. When Envision actually launched, uh, or when we started Envision, our original idea was to put Envision onto a wearable camera. That was the original idea that we started Envision with. Um, uh, but the thing is, at that time, uh, wearable camera technology wasn't really uh, developed. I mean, we saw a lot of prototypes. We built a lot of prototypes, worked with it. Uh, but then we realized that, uh, you know, it's it's not there yet. So that's why we decided to switch to uh, building the uh, the technology for a smartphone and then revisit uh, the whole thing with the glasses later on. But today, it, we feel it's the right time uh, for glasses to become more mainstream. And uh, what we're doing is we're taking the app and then porting it to the Google Glass. Um, and that's that's what the next step is. And you'd be able to do everything that you do with the Envision app. Uh, on the smart glasses. So you really don't have to carry your phone with you. You don't really don't have to take out your phone uh, to take pictures. You just wear the glasses. Uh, We've built our own accessibility uh, technology within the glasses. So you'd be able to do everything that you do uh, with the app on the glasses completely hands-free. 
Now, because you will have your phone in your pocket, or you can, like you said, and could do everything with the glasses, walk me through how that works. Because I, I know how Google Glass is set up sure. and uh, you know how, how, they're, how they're getting that technology to work. But you know, maybe some of the listeners don't quite know, you know, when you're holding Google Glass and using Envision AI hands-free, potentially, or, or at least phone-free, how, how is that done? Okay, so the Google Glass uh, is, so for people who have never tried it on, it's just like wearing any other, you know, uh, pair of spectacles, right? So you just wear the Google Glass, and as soon as you wear the Google Glass, uh, the Envision app automatically opens up, right? And you'd be able to, this is the, so there's a touchpad on the side of the glasses, uh, and you'd be able to go ahead and swipe through the different options, and as you swipe through each option, you'd be able to hear it out. So it's exactly like how you use voiceover or talkback, right? Where you swipe through the different options on the screen and you hear them out. And as soon as you, you know, say for example, there's an option to read text or, uh, you know, describe a scene or recognize faces. So I just have to go ahead and, you know, if I want to go into a particular option, I just tap on the touch screen, uh, the touchpad, and then you go into the option. And again, Envision gives you different options. It speaks out different options to you. Like, hey, you know, tap to take a picture or swipe down to go back to the old menu. So this is how you use the glasses. And uh, all you have to do, for example, if you want to read a document, right? Just hold the document in the hand or put it on the table and then enter into the read documents mode. And uh, Envision would automatically detect if all the edges are visible or not. And then you just tap to take a picture. It automatically takes a picture for you. And then it just starts speaking out the contents of the document. And uh, you can even go ahead and, uh, you know, uh, pair your uh, glasses with your phone and be able to export the text that you're reading to the, to the phone uh, and so on. So that's basically a small idea of how the glasses work. I can almost see myself now using Google Glass with Envision AI going to maybe a baseball game or some other sort of sporting event or or to a musical performance or something and just having it detect the scene for me and just read out you know what things might be around you know what I what what I might be looking in the direction of and then if I need to yeah. switch that to you know to scan a barcode at the store or to you know scan some other text or document to be able to just do that on the fly like that with the glasses already you know already out and ready to go, I could, I could just see so much potential for the things that I would want to do with this. Um, you would want to conserve, of course, for the battery sake, because Google Glass is about eight-hour battery, right? It's got an eight-hour battery, and uh, we've really optimized the Envision app on the glasses, so you can really get a good four-hour battery usage if you're using the Envision app continuously. Right. So I'm talking about like actually actively reading text or recognizing barcodes or, you know, uh, looking for faces. So it gives you a good four hour battery life. Uh, and if you're basically, uh, you know, using the, you know, if you if you have the glasses on standby, you get easily up to eight to 10 hours. That's that's how good the new Google Glass is. So we're super excited about that. And the, and the really awesome part about the glasses is that about. 90% of the glasses would completely work offline. So you really don't have to, you know, worry about connecting to the internet and then, you know, figuring out, oh, why am I not able to connect to the net or, or having the glass work unusually slow. We take care of all that. So the glasses would work offline whenever it needs to connect to the internet. Uh, since, you know, you have an option to pair it with your phone, uh, which is also really easy to do. 
uh, it would just be automatically connecting to the hotspot whenever it needs to. If you're at home, it automatically knows uh, it needs to connect to the Wi-Fi. So it intelligently knows where you are in a way, in, it understands the context, and then automatically you know, connects to the, to the correct network uh, and also works completely offline. So you really don't have to worry about, okay, do I need to do, I need to do you know, have internet before I can you know, uh, scan a document or read a piece of text? So it's, it works pretty much, uh, it works very seamlessly. So that said, can the Google Glass with Envision AI be utilized completely independent of a smartphone, or do you need at least that initial connection to a smartphone to get it started? Okay, so when you first get the glasses out of the box, uh, you do need to set up your glasses first. Uh, of course, you can use it completely with you know right from the moment you open up the glasses, you can use it completely without having to ever open up your phone, right? But you know, we also give you an option to pair with your smartphone, so so that you could basically do things like adjusting the volume uh, or you know uh, turning on or turning off settings. All those things can be easily done, uh, you know, on the phone instead of having to do them on the glasses. Yeah, so it makes it a great companion to to help use them even better. Exactly. The Envision app will then, you know, become some sort of a companion app where it would connect with the glasses and then you could, you know, control the glasses from the app itself, right? Instead of having to like, you know, go through the different options on the glasses and so on. So once you do that, uh, you'd be able to use the glasses completely independently. And you don't really need a sighted person or anyone else to, you know, come in and help you set up the glasses. You can just open them up and then set them up automatically all by yourself without having to ever need help from anyone else. And uh, we also take care of the updates and all those things. So uh, updates happen automatically. So you really don't have to go to the Play Store and update and all that stuff. You just wear the glasses and you'll know as soon as an update hits you. Very good. I like the way that that sounds because it, it just makes it so much easier for the user and uh, you know seamless experience. So that's that's definitely always really good. Now we had said before that you had recently been at CES in Las Vegas. While you were at Vegas, uh, you know at CES, you're you're demonstrating the Google Glass and how it's utilized with Envision. But you're really looking to get this out and and going very soon, right? Oh yeah, so CES was basically uh, you know a platform for us to launch the glasses, right? Uh, but the main unveiling of the glasses would happen at CSUN this March. So we're going to be there at CSUN, and uh, we're going to have a pre-order campaign uh, for the glasses. And uh, you can basically, so if anyone's at CSUN, they can come to our booth and then try out uh, the glasses. Uh, you know, all, almost fully there. Um, and you'd be able to go ahead and try out all the features, you know, try, uh, you know, using it at our booth and so on. So, uh, CSUN is when we plan to pre-order, you know, get to pre-order CES was basically the launch for us. Yeah. Very nice. So very, very soon then for people to be able to get their hands on this and, and use it. So I guess that kind of begs the question because I know you have been working on this so long. Like you said, the original whole idea behind this was to have it in some sort of wearable like glasses and uh, you kind of had to reverse engineered that, but I think that's probably worked out for the better for you as this genre, as, as this type of technology gets better and better. And we see, you know, things like the Google glass getting, uh, redone and other companies that are talking about some sort of smart glasses or augmented reality type glasses that build all this stuff in. Is this something that you will be looking at porting to other devices or are you going to stick 
primarily to use utilizing the Google Glass technology? That's a great question, Tim. And uh, the thing at Envision is we aim to be a platform agnostic company in the sense that uh, no matter what kind of smart classes are out there, we wanted the Envision app to be on those smart classes. Uh, and so the thing is we're launching with the new Google Glass because you know the Google Glass 2, which is the one that's out in the market today, is the most powerful kind of smart class there is. But we're also talking to a bunch of uh, you know independent hardware manufacturers uh, to see if we could port the uh, port our app to work on those classes and offer them as well. So there is, we're going to start with one, but then we're definitely going to scale to as many glasses uh, as we can. Uh, and if they, if we do find any good glasses, so if for example tomorrow someone like Apple comes out with smart glasses, oh, don't tease me. Oh, I wish. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, you know. We were in California and we heard some rumors uh, and uh, I mean, not just from Apple, but I think every single big company today is working on smart classes and oh, really sure. trying to, uh, you know, build, uh, build a really nice, uh, you know, smart class experience. So if anyone comes out with smart classes that we think uh, are really good and make sense to our community, we definitely are going to have the Envision app uh, on them. So this is not going to just be, you know, for the Google Glass, but we're starting with the Google Glass because we think they're the best there is right now. But we definitely are going to keep expanding to other glasses as and when they come out, you know. Well, I definitely like to hear that because, you know, as you know, it's so nice to be able to say, okay, I've got this device and you're, of course, already on iOS and Android. But when it comes to the hardware, people will have options. So if they want to try it on Google Glass, great. If, as you said, hopefully, gosh, I cross my fingers every day that Apple brings out some sort of smart glasses or so, any other company. I, I think that's great that you guys are looking at that, already planning for that. And, uh, you know, and that will be something possibly available. So I think that that's definitely good news. Now, with Envision AI, a part of this is, you know, as everybody knows, development isn't free. So in, in this particular case with Envision AI, it is free to download and you do currently receive a 14-day trial and then have some options after that, correct? Yeah. So the app is currently free to install. You get a 14 days, no strings attached, no credit card required free trial where you can just use the app, uh, see if you like it. And uh, after 14 days, we have, um, I, I, I think we have really nice plans that you can choose from. So you have a monthly plan that starts off at just $199. So you, have, you pay $199 per month. Uh, we have an annual plan for $19.99 and the lifetime plan, which is like a one-time purchase, that's for $99.99. So that's the, those are the three plans. Uh, that we have uh, on both iOS and Android. What do you see then, just kind of in general, or or if you have specifics, what what's next for Envision AI? We're getting into smart glasses and beyond. What what more do you want to to do and achieve here? I think for us, uh, we're really focused as a company, so we really think that you know, for the foreseeable future, we're going to be continue working on the app a lot more. So you're going to see a lot more features in the app, uh, potential partnerships. Uh, all of that stuff is going to come to the app. So the app is going to keep improving. It's going to keep getting better with every single update. And we're going to keep listening to users on what they'd like. And the glasses are also going to be a key focus for us. So with the glasses, we're really focused on making sure that the it's the best possible experience for the community. So we really want to make sure that you know the user experience is right. The features that they want are on the glasses and so on. So we really are 
you know, keeping our focus on just these two things at the moment. And uh, that's what we're going to be doing. And we're going to try and uh, do a lot more talking to the community in the coming months, uh, you know, for both the app and the glasses as we continue working on it. So this is basically going to be our key focus for the coming year, you know, just app the glasses, making sure that they're all in top shape all the time. Like I said, we're going to have the pre-order at CSUN. So please uh, visit our booth at CSUN and uh, please stay in, you know, tuned uh, uh, through our, our Facebook and Twitter accounts uh, to know more details about the pre-order at CSUN. Uh, and uh, as always, yeah, um, please go ahead, uh, go to, you know, search for Envision on your Play Store or the App Store and uh, give us a try. We'd love to hear from you. Fantastic. Well, Kartik, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me today about everything going on at Envision AI, walking us through the the Google Smart Glasses with Envision AI built in. And uh, I'm sure I speak for many people when I say I'm looking forward to the launch of that coming up here, uh, coinciding with CSUN in March. And uh, hopefully we'll hear a lot more about you and Envision AI as time goes forward. So thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Tim. Thank you so much. It's always been a huge pleasure to talk to the community uh, through your podcast. And, you know, um, we really, I mean, I really appreciate you having me on the podcast today. Thank you so much. And thank you once again for joining me for the Life After Blindness podcast. If you would like more information or to find links relating to anything that you heard in this week's episode, please visit the show notes at lifeafterblindness.com slash 38. That's lifeafterblindness.com slash 38. If you have any questions or comments for me, you can send your emails to tim at lifeafterblindness.com or call me and leave a voicemail. That number again is 201-855-5221. Please join me again next time as we continue our journey together to find that there truly can be a life after blindness. Take care, everybody. Take care, everybody.